thank you for tuning in to the Coaching York podcast. To find out more about who we are, what we do and how we do it, please go to coachingyork.co.uk. That's coachingyork.co.uk. Welcome back to the Coaching York podcast with me, Jeremy Lewis. And with me, Jeff Ashton. And we're carrying on with our discussion around apologies, genuine, less than genuine, and focusing today on how to craft a really good one. Yeah, let's get straight to it then, Jeff. I believe you have a model for us today. I do have a model. I've adapted this from a coach in the States, a certain Tony Stoltzfus. He came up with a handy acronym to refer back to when giving positive feedback. But like a lot of good coaching models, it's flexible and adaptable. And so I've adapted this and applied it to the challenge of how to create a really good apology. So we'll just work our way through this. The acronym is GUESS, G-U-E-S-S. So we'll talk our listeners through it with some suggested adaptations of our own. Ah, I guess uh, that sounds like a good idea. So uh, since the beginning is a good place to start, why don't we start with G, which is for genuine. We thought last time about apologies that aren't genuine. We thought about things we apologize for that we don't need to. Uh, and apologies that are more about the person giving the apology than the person who was offended. Things like, I apologize, but it was all really all your fault. I apologize if, can't see anything wrong in what I did, but I suppose if you did, I need to acknowledge that. So Jeff, when you apologize, what questions do you ask yourself to make sure that your apology is genuine? Uh, well, when I'm doing it properly, and I don't always, as my wife will tell you, but when I'm doing it properly, this is what I, I genuinely will think about. So the key questions I ask myself are, what did I do that I shouldn't have done? That's the first one. Uh, secondly, I'll be asking myself, what didn't I do that I should have done? Uh, I'll also ask, what was the effect of what I did? And finally, I will be asking, what can I do to put it right? Anything you'd add? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. It all sounds very logical when you can sort of step back and, and think through that. Um, for me, it's all about suspending your judgy feelings about the other person. You really first have to let go that they might have done something to upset you and ask yourself genuinely, what did I do? What was my part in the situation? What they did might come out later. So G is for genuine. What does the U stand for? U is for unequivocal. So we talked a little bit about this on the last pod. There is no sorry, but no sorry if there is only an I'm sorry that. Yes, other people may have contributed to the problem, but this is your apology. It's your apology and in which you take full and unequivocal responsibility for your part in it. You own it or you own your part in it. Or to put it another way, this is the mess I made. I'm going to take responsibility to clear it up. Okay, I, I, I agree. That sounds great. You might expect them to reciprocate, but even if they don't, you can still own your part in it. So G, genuine, you, unequivocal. What's the E for? E is for energizing. This is thinking about the emotional side of an apology. You can think of it like this. When you apologize, there's a situation you want to put right and a relationship you want to repair. You can think of energizing as reinvesting emotional capital. Now, I'm a big fan of Stephen R. Covey, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And in that book, Stephen Covey talks about making deposits in the other person's emotional bank account as a key part of establishing interdependence. 
Yeah, and I think the durational side of apologies is really important for all the reasons that you say. And it's quite interesting how how people apologize in other languages. So apparently in Spanish, to say I'm sorry, you would say lo siento. I feel it. I feel bad about it. And thinking from a different uh, different perspective, from, a, from my Christian faith tradition, we all talk about repentance, which is turning from a bad action or pattern of behavior to a good one. And we also talk about remorse, which is feeling the pain you've caused to someone else and letting that pain be an incentive to provide you with positive emotional energy to put something right. Indeed. Um, and again, quoting Covey, when you've made a withdrawal from someone's emotional bank account, that's when you need to apologize sincerely and specifically, which brings us to our first S, which is for specific. I embarrassed you in front of your friends and I had no call to do that. Even though I wanted to make a point, I never should have done it. It was unkind and I am truly very sorry. Very, very specific example of what happened, what the impact was, uh, that you're genuinely sorry, you're feeling that sorriness, and then a very clear statement of, I'm sorry. Which brings us to our final S, which Jeff is for? Is for substantial, substantial. We talked about our last pod about deflecting apologies, apologizing for something minor to avoid the real issue. I canceled our meeting at the last minute. I'm so sorry for the inconvenience I caused you. Well, hang on a minute. It wasn't just inconvenient. I travelled from Leeds to London specifically for this meeting, which means that you cost me five hours of work time in the office. So I was less productive on the train. Thank you very much. And it's a really busy period. This has actually caused me a lot more than just some inconvenience. So the point is, when you apologise, make sure you address the issue that's of most importance to the person on the wrong end of your action. Any other thoughts? So let's just recap. We've got genuine unequivocal, emotional, specific, and substantial. I'm just wondering what we might have missed in that. It's it's always, a, it's always the fun and the problem with acronyms that you can usually find another letter to add in if you think about it. Guess what? Pardon the pun. I have thought of one. We could add in an R, an R for reassurance. Don't quite know where this would go. But anyway, so this is the thought that comes to mind. I used to have a manager who would say to me, when I first started working with him, so his first conversation with me, he said, I don't mind people making mistakes as so long as they only make them once. Well, I, I did take that to heart. And I can think of two instances where I had to apologize to him for messing something up. One just personally between the two of us, a, a second one which affected the whole team. So I apologize in front of the team. Um, so I apologized what I needed to apologize for. This is what I did or what I didn't do. And at the end of it, I said, it won't happen again. And you know what? I made sure it didn't. And that was the reassurance that he needed to reassure him that that apology was complete mm. and genuine, unequivocal, substantial and specific. It's almost like saying it's almost like making a commitment to yourself as well. I'm noticing there is that sense of if I say this out loud, I'm telling myself it won't happen again as much as telling them it won't happen again. So I guess we could also think about the reassurance that the person apologising may need if their apology isn't accepted. If you've done all you can to put something right and the offended person insists on holding a grudge or makes an ongoing unreasonable demands for restitution, if you will, uh, you might need to talk it through with a third party, such as a coach, to reassure you that it's okay to close the issue. What do you think about that version of reassurance? I think that's really a point really well made and very important. It reminds me actually of um, 
in one of my favorite books on coaching, Simon Weston wrote a book, Coaching and Mentoring a Critical Text. In that, he talks about the history of coaching, the antecedents of coaching. And he says how coaches today will often be performing roles that in the past might have been performed by a faith leader or a priest or a community elder. And this idea of uh, giving reassurance at the end of some issue, a third party reassurance, uh, is actually quite an important area. And I'm, I'm thinking about this again think about this in terms of my faith tradition so i know that, that there are christian leaders and church members who listen to these pods so here's a little summary for you which um which kind of brings this stuff together uh so we, we might have been talking uh, about of repentance which is turning from one behavior to another remorse i mentioned drawing energy from feeling bad about the harm done and using that to motivate the third stage which is restitution doing what you can to put stuff right and then at the end of that there is absolution, which is the reassurance of forgiveness. If you've done everything you possibly can to put the situation right, to repair the relationship, but somebody else won't accept that, there is somebody in the mix who can provide for you that reassurance that really you've done, you've done everything you can, and that's as much as you can do. It's a, it's a great, it's a lovely little model, isn't it? And whether it's uh, from a, a Christian tradition or, 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 you know, do you think it is part of a, a coach's role to provide reassurance to their clients as well? I, personally, I think it is. I think that clients will often talk to a coach because they're looking for reassurance on a number of issues. So, so I have a client who'll say to me, be my conscience, or will say to me, I just need to know if I'm seeing this correctly. So if they're inviting you to do that, then you, know, you might make a comment or you might ask a series of questions to help the client understand what's going on because in the end you want them to see the situation for themselves in a way that they can recognize and acknowledge but sometimes at the end of it as a as a third party observer providing some objective views on what's happening in the situation i think it is appropriate to say well look, I, I can't honestly in all honesty i can't see anything else you could have done here um, if you think there is something else that could have been done, then you've been given the permission to say, well, have you thought about X, Y, or Z? But if not, then helping the client to come to some kind of closure around an issue, then yes, yeah, I would see that as part of my role as a coach. And, I, and I'm minded there of um, Nancy Klein's, a couple of Nancy Klein's components of a thinking environment about offering appreciation and encouragement. There's very close links to to you know giving people space to think, time to think, and appropriate encouragement, appropriate appreciation for everything they've done. So there's a, there's links there. But coaching models aside, your theological note is a great place to wrap things up on this one, I think. Um, so remember, guess is is our our tips for you, and we'll come back next time to explore another common social convention. What do we do when someone says to us, "Thank you"? 